Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Amen. Yes. Yes, I love to feel His presence. Sometimes I used to think there was something messed up about me because whenever we'd have those moments, I didn't feel like just whining and crying and going to crying in the corner all the time. Sometimes I'd be like, yes! That's my God. He's in control. He's powerful. He's great, and I'm on his team. Whenever I need him the most, he shows up the most. He comes into the middle of my problems and my losing battles and he raises up his own standard and that standard is victory. And everything changes when I turn it over to him. Yes. Amen. I don't know, that's just me. I got a weird, I got a weird streak. So I don't always just want to, uh, okay. Yes. We're on the winning side. We're gonna come out of this difficult season in victory power with anointing every every plan of the enemy is canceled in Jesus name and the steps back are only going to propel you for steps forward because we will be faithful we will be strong in him he is our strength relationships will be healed marriages will be restored children will come back to the old ways the truth of God's word he will raise up a standard giving the devil a black eye, right? Amen. Two of them. <laughs> Sister, Sister Evelyn said two of them. Amen. Praise God. All right. All right. So the, this first part is dicey, and then we'll get into stuff, into, you know, into calmer waters. Okay. So, and children, you're going to stay up here for the, uh, for the duration today. We bless you. We thank you so much. I know. Um. So there is a, uh, there used to be, I don't know that there still is, this, and this is super tacky, don't ever you know, use this service, but uh, there used to be a, uh, an element on Craigslist, that real you know, shady looking site that still hasn't upgraded you know, from like the 80s, amen, it's pretty much obsolete because of marketplace now, but you know, it used to be a popular site, and, uh, and it had a weird element on it, a little weird section and I, I only knew about it because, like, one of my buddies was laughing his brains out. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I am reading from the Missed Connections portal on Craigslist. Anybody ever know what that is? So, apparently, like, if you think you met somebody and you had a connection. Oh, boy, you're shaking your head. You're on there, aren't you? You used it. Yeah. <laughs> if you missed a connection with somebody, then, uh, then you could put a Craigslist thing out there. And they are so horrible and cringy most of the time and, and terrible. So here's a couple of them. I was eating a bean burrito and Taco Bell and our eyes met. My stomach got upset and I had to go to the bathroom, but it was magical. This is real. <laughs> here's another one. And this is it. This is the misconnections of Craigslist. I saw your mugshot in the Tribune. 
You look really nice for someone who just got busted for drugs. I'm willing to wait 30 or 60 days if I need to to meet you. <laughs> Unbelievable. The third one here. I'm the person from the bank robbery. We were in line and you said you liked my sneakers right before they took our wallets and our cell phones. Just want to see how you're doing. So missed connections, missed connections, and that's what I'm going to preach on. Missed connections. Those are comical. But have you ever missed a connection with God? Have you ever missed a connection with Jesus? Have you ever felt like, you know, that there was more to your relationship with God or maybe you're not even in relationship with God and you're like, man, I, I missed it. I should have gone to the altar. I should have prayed that prayer. I should have done that thing. Maybe you're thinking, you know, that person who was, who we were, who were talking about how bad their day was and then come to find out later, they ended their life. And I had the light in me, and I just didn't think to share it. I missed it. Oh, I remember there was this, this, um, Tanya Holt. I haven't seen her in a long, long time. She's a pastor's wife down in Kentucky. And she wept and cried, and I'll never forget it. This is 15, 18 years ago. She wept, and she said, I was work. I was a manager at KFC. And uh, we were busy. We had an order come in for like 200 people, this big party. And there's this young man there, and we were talking a little bit as he was working, uh, you know, working on the fryer, and uh, he just, uh, he said something about God, and he was open to hearing about the Lord, knew he needed the Lord, and she said, I am going to sit down when this is all over, when this order's out, you know, after today, and then we're, I'm going to witness to him, get him to come to church. Got carried away, 200 people order, you know, she's the manager, she felt responsible, and that young man on his way home that day got broadsided in his vehicle and went out into eternity, lost. Oh, and I just remember this awesome woman of God doesn't deserve to have that on her conscience, you know, but she wept and said, oh, if I could just have that back, forget about the food, forget about what I was working on, forget about what I was doing. If only I could have that moment back because I'll never get another, and he went out to eternity, and God put me in that place in his path to save him, reaching for him, and I missed it. I missed a divine connection. Sometimes we can miss those moments to get what we need, but also to get other people what they need. We have to be mindful, church. We have to be the church all the time, 24-7. You are a conduit of grace and love and forgiveness of the Father who is reaching for his children. That's who you are. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what kind of day you had. I don't care how many times you've fallen. I don't care what kind of a failure you've been this week. That's still who you are. Never forget that. You're a conduit of love and grace and salvation for the lost. Oh, we can't afford to be missing connections in this day and age. You know, I thought about, you know, different connections. Um, I've missed out, I think, on God's blessing. Sometimes the Lord's blessed me and, and just done 
your wonderful things. Sometimes I missed out on the opportunity to give. I missed out on the opportunity to be blessed. And God always has been faithful to pour that back into my life. Um, you know, when, you know I, I've missed connection, you know, in, in my... Anytime I've been tempted to miss my connection in my tithing and offerings, um, there's usually one of two reasons why. Either I don't quite have enough or I got more than enough and I like it, right? And I think we've all been there one day or the other. You know, we've had a little more than you know, what we had to have to survive. We had a little bit of money in our pocket, maybe just a few bucks, doesn't matter. But he just, man, I'd like to hold on to that. Or maybe I, you know, I, I don't have enough, but I don't want to miss my connection. And that's not an indictment on you. I'm saying for me, that's how it's been. There's, I've been tempted to miss my connection, and I don't want to miss it because I want to be in the flow of his favor. Amen? And his blessing. Amen? I'm going to read this passage of Scripture real quick. Luke 18, 18 through 22. Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. Jesus goes on to say, You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, Well, all these things I have kept from my youth. I've done these things. I'm good, right? A checklist complete. Now, here's where it gets interesting because more gets revealed than just, you know, than just surfacey religious stuff, right? So he says, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. This is an invitation to be a disciple. Wow. What a, what, what a life-changing thing that would be. Come and follow me. Be one of mine. Be, you have a place at the table. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Somebody say, very rich. Are you very rich? Are you saved? Do you have in your possession the one thing that the creator of the universe searched all creation and eternity for and found only one thing of sufficient value to wipe away your every sin? And he gave it for you. Are you rich? I am rich. I'm in possession of the most valuable thing in the universe, the blood of Jesus in my heart. Amen. You're rich. So Jesus, uh, Jesus begins to talk to this guy a little bit, and here's kind of, let's get back into the story. Um, there, there's a guy, to paraphrase, especially for those you know, who are more literal people, there's a guy who comes up to him. Jesus is always teaching. He's always you know, spitting knowledge and truth, teaching, doing miracles. And a guy comes up and he's just kind of like, okay, okay, I could see myself getting all this. He's a rich, young ruler, um, and he, he seems to be a good guy, and he's always looking for the, a better investment opportunity. He's like, do I need to be in on this? Do I need to? You know? um, whenever I was, I was younger than you. And uh, my mom and dad um, were talking to some evangelists, and they were talking about this traveling uh, evangelist named Benny Hinn. And my ears perked up because I hear everything. I hear it all. And I said to them, how old was I? About four years old. And I said, is this Benny the Hen anything I would be interested in? Sounds pretty good. 
sounds like a sounds like a me thing. Sounds like a me thing. Benny the Hen. I would love this. <laughs> and I stuck my nose right in it, trying to figure out if that had any bearing or on me, because because I was kind of like this rich young ruler a little bit. I was like, oh, this eternal life you speak of. Is this something, or you know, this Jesus is something I would be interested in? Is this something I would, uh, you know, what, what's the deal here? And then so he goes, he's like, I would love to follow you. I would love to have a piece of heaven. I would love to have a piece of what you're doing and who you are. And uh, um, maybe that would be a blessing toward for me. And Jesus said, well, you know, um, you know the, the rules, you know the laws. And he said, yeah, I got them all. Got them all down, Pat, I'm good. And uh, Jesus said, one thing you lack. And it wasn't that he lacked things. He lacked something spiritual. He said, go and sell all that you have and give unto, distribute unto the poor and come and follow me. Now, here's, here's the interesting thing about this. And this is, this is strictly opinion because, you know, there's a lot that surrounds this, this passage of Scripture. You know, do we all, to be saved, do we have to sell everything you have? You know, sell my coat, sell everything, sell my car, and then just give to the poor and then just stand there like this waiting for Jesus to come back? That's not how it works, right? And here's my opinion if you want it. I actually don't necessarily think that Jesus would have even forced him to go through with that. Now, he might have. But he had called Peter, James, and John to himself. And Jesus didn't do this to the other disciples. He called them. He said, you know, Peter, James, John, come follow me. You know, leave your, leave your nets. You know, you leave the stuff. And if you read the word of God, you understand that they own not a boat, but Peter owned several boats. And had several employees. Peter was, you know, not just a knucklehead. He was a business owner. He had employees. He had assets. He had boats. He had nets. He had stuff going on. You know, he was running this. And we know that he didn't sell them because immediately after Jesus is crucified, you know, he died for a little bit there. Uh, you know, he's confused. Doesn't know what to do. And he goes back to them. Right? Can't go back to it if you don't have it anymore. And you sold it. You gave it away to the poor. Um, so Jesus didn't require that from the other disciples because they didn't have the issue that this guy had. Does that, does that make any sense? Does that understand you? <laughs> you understand that? He, he, didn't, he, he knew that there was a problem in the heart. And so there was a test that was given. Now, God's given lots of tests um, that he didn't end up, you know, pushing all the way through. Um, you know, whenever he sends Abraham up to the, you know, up to Mount, you know, up to the mountaintop, Mount Moriah, to sacrifice his son. He said, no, that was a test, but I'm glad I know where your heart is. So maybe he would have had this guy to sell everything he had and become destitute. Maybe he wouldn't have. But he did highlight a problem, which was the guy said no. He went away sad. And the difference there is that the disciples had some stuff, and they left, and they were, you know, they were successful enough. But some stuff had the man. Amen? Peter, James, and John had some stuff, but some stuff had the rich young ruler. And Jesus did him the huge favor of just letting him see what his own heart really contained, where he was really at. Wealth owned the rich young ruler. That's why even whenever Jesus himself called him into eternal riches and glory and anointing, it was not worth it to leave this handful of trinkets behind. He missed his connection because of stuff. We can do that. And we would never say it, but our the, the theology of life would declare it sometimes that we can let stuff get a hold on you. I have. 
the pursuit of stuff. Sometimes it's the stuff you don't have that has you. Isn't that sad? To give up God for stuff you do have is stupid. But for me to give up God for stuff I don't? What have I been thinking at times? The pursuit of things that may never even come to fruition. And I've missed connection with the Father. Amen. Let's look at another missed connection in Scripture here. Luke 9. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow wherever you go. Big talker. Big guy, right? I will follow wherever you go. And Jesus is thinking to the cross. You don't know where I'm going. You think I'm just going, you know, you know high places. It's going to be difficult valleys in between until heaven. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have the air, uh, the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You follow me? The guy says, I will follow wherever you go, Jesus. I'm in. Let's do it. Where are we going? Where are we going? And Jesus said, I don't even have what birds have. I don't have a nest. I don't have, you know, I have nothing. And you know what the man said? There's like two dots after that. Like he didn't even say anything. He's out. He's out. As soon as he, I'll go with you anywhere. Oh, except for there. Except for, he didn't even, he didn't even respond to Jesus. He just left. End of conversation. Now somebody else. And Jesus says to another, he says, follow me. Follow me. And this man says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. This is an interesting one, right? And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Isn't that harsh? Isn't that rough? Amen? Boy, isn't it? Seems to be. It does seem to be. Jesus said, let the, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, some scholars believe this meant, um, and it's very possible that this is, a, this is the interpretation that when he said, let me go and bury my father, that the father was still alive at the time. Which meant more than just like, I need to go hit this funeral real quick and just you know, say my prayers and then I'll catch up to you halfway to, uh, you know, halfway to Jerusalem. I'll be there. I just gotta, I gotta do this. You know. But most scholars you know, believe that based on you know, you know, reading the, the, the scripture you know, in its language and studying culture and understanding you know, the history there, that this meant he needed to spend time with his father and wait until he passed away and then dispose of all of his assets, make sure he got the money taken care of, squared away, all the stuff. And then once all that was done, I'll catch you later on in a different season of life. That's what he's saying. A different season of life. God, how many of us have ever said, have you ever seen somebody say, I'll catch you in a different season of life. I'll catch you when I'm a little older, whenever I'm not focusing on this, whenever I get my act together a little bit. I got some stuff. I can't, I can't do this. I can't afford it. I can't focus on that right now. But God, I, I, do, I do want to follow you, and I know that where you're leading is the right way. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want things to be good, but I will catch you after I have disposed of all the other things that take priority in my life. This is not a good time, right? It's not a convenient time for me and you, Lord. And he missed the connection within weeks Jesus will be crucified. That's why the urgency. He's on his way. I'd have to double check the, you know, my timelines here, but I think it was pretty much immediately 
that he is going into the season of life where he's going to be crucified and be dead. He can't, he's no more. No more will he be able to disciple. You can't follow him in the flesh anymore. There's an urgency. He says, let the dead bury their dead. What does that mean, let the dead bury their dead? Here's what, here's what I believe that means. Um, it means he was basically saying, listen, anybody can do what you're doing. Anybody can bury him. Now, not physically dead, but spiritually a dead man can do that. And Jesus is shaking this guy saying, listen, listen, listen. I'm asking you to be a purveyor of life. I'm asking you to be one of the first people in the world who are not dead. That's what he's saying to this disciple. To be. I'm asking you to be one of the very first people in the history of the world that are not spiritually dead. Because you're going to have the gospel. You're going to be taught. You're going to be showed what it is whenever I die and I resurrect myself. You're going to be in on the ground floor. You will be preaching to dead men as one of the first living men. And I'm sorry about you know the stuff that you need to do at home, but dead people can do that. I'm calling you to life. Let me tell you something that you don't hear from me very much. You're not that special in the natural. People people have a better jump shot than me. People can lift more. People are nicer looking. People are smarter. People are more artistic. People are just able to do better than me. There's always somebody who I don't, I'm not really irreplaceable in the natural at all. I'm not even irreplaceable in the spiritual because God can still do that. But you, you're just a person. But when God is entered into the equation, there's nobody who's been created to do by God what you've been created to do. Your specialness, your identity in Him, you are one in a hundred billion. Nobody to keep going to this kind of a sadder example, but nobody else was created to be in that KFC like Tanya was. Nobody has been created to do the things for God and in your home that you have and no one else can. You're so important to the kingdom. You're so important. God has a plan for you. He wants to use you. There's nobody to fill your seat. There's not. There's no other like you. Now, in the natural, if, if, I, if, I, you know, if, if you stop, you know, filling orders at Chick-fil-A, them people, they're, they're not going to miss a beat. Right? That's, that's Chick-fil-A. You know, if somebody, you know, if, 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 the, if things in the natural, well, Johnny, you're, you're, you know a lot about that equipment. But they'll find somebody. Oh, but they won't find somebody who's been called to witness to that man who's struggling on the line next to you. That's ordained of God and irreplaceable. You matter. You matter in the kingdom. Nobody's been created to do what you're doing right now, what you're supposed to be doing right now, whether you are or not. Amen? It's just the flat truth. Nobody like you. So he says, let the dead bury their dead. Like, they, people can shovel some into dirt. It's fine. I'm calling you to do something that's never been done before. Yeah. I'm calling you to stand here while I, Jesus, download truth 
and life and anointing and power. I'm downloading stuff that no one's ever going to have access to again, not like this. And he went and did something anybody could do. And here, this is me kind of dancing around a little bit on the scripture. Like, I, I don't want to get outside the scripture. I would never preach something that's not in there. But this is my, uh, my, my opinion, something I see alongside of it. And a question that I'll ask you, right? I'm not going to preach this as doctrine. I'm going to ask you what you think. And you can think it or not. Let's just say that his father was dead or, you know, soon then did die. He was sick to death or say, say he was dead. And he really just wanted to go to the funeral. What do you think maybe might have been the next verse, verse 60, if this man had said yes? Right? Because here's what verse 60 actually says. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And he walked away. He left situation. So I'll ask you, what do you think verse 60 might have said if he had said, I will follow you? I don't know. All I know is it wouldn't be the first time that he'd raised somebody from the dead or healed them. You think that by putting things of life and even things of family first, you're being a blessing to them and missing your connection with the eternal and the all-powerful God? Nope, you're doing a disservice. You're missing it, bro. You're missing it, sis. Whenever you step into agreement with kingdom, anything can happen, and the best things will happen. That's the flat truth. I, here's what I think, and this is just me, you know, just just having fun, right? So for free. This is, yeah, the, the first and second opinions, you know, with Pastor Joe. I kind of think that if he had said yes, then here's what maybe verse 60 could have said. For your father is no longer sick, but is well and whole. Sounds Bible-ish, doesn't it? Your father is not dead, but only sleepeth. Woo! He did that in another story. Now I'll give you one more challenge. You tell me of a situation where Jesus walked into a need where there was faith released and no miracle happened. I'm waiting. My theologians are chewing so hard right now on, the, on their, they may find something. When Jesus walked into a, need, a desperate need and a desperate person and faith was present and there was not a miracle, friend, my friend, my friend. I sound like our, our Mexican waiter at, uh, at Casa. My friend, good to see you, my friend. My friend. My friend, why would you miss the connection for a father who needs buried when you're standing in front of the only one who can resurrect him again? Missed connection. I wonder what the verse would have said there. I really do. Let me wrap up with this. I'm almost done. I always think I'm going to preach like 25 minutes, and I do not. Let 
let me just teach you just for a minute, just for a minute about making the connection. That'd be all right. Some of y'all need to make a connection. Stop missing them. See, some people wait for a perfect place, a perfect time, and a perfect opportunity to make a move. Got to have the music just right. Sister Jess is just ministering. Yeah. She's just hitting the notes, and I'm feeling good. And, there, oh, there's three or four other people in the altar. I could slip on in there, and it'd be fine. I wouldn't look like I needed it. God help us if anyone ever thought that I needed Jesus. Where are y'all getting that theology? It wasn't me. I need him. I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Yes, sir. Stop missing those connections. Got to have a perfect place, perfect opportunity, perfect time. Got to be flowing just right. Forget all that. Forget that mess. Get to Jesus. Yes. Get to the one who doesn't need a perfect place, doesn't need a perfect opportunity, doesn't need a perfect time. He'll come up out of that boat and break his nap off early and calm your storm. Amen. You don't inconvenience the Christ. Come on. I'm preaching. If you all would help me, we'd probably have some fun. But you don't inconvenience Christ. His ear is inclined to you. I'm telling you. Oh, I love the Lord. See, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let me wrap up with this. I'll finish up with this. Um, I was not, Gene, I was not going to run into my wife at the bank and get robbed together because we didn't go to the same bank. I was not going to uh, see her across the Taco Bell with a face full of burrito and get the connection. That's my snap trying to break the sound barrier. I was not going to do that. That's not going to happen because she was at a different Taco Bell, you know, seven hours away. I was not going to ever, what are those weirdos, right? I didn't see her mugshot and say, that's the one, right? I did not. I wasn't going to see her at Taco Bell but I wasn't going to miss the best connection of my life either. So I got in my car, drove to Charleston, West Virginia, and said, let me buy you a meal. Amen? Let me buy you some dinner. I knew, I knew, what, I knew what I had. I knew what I had a chance with. I was not going to miss that connection. She said, I'll just get a salad. It's so expensive, this meal. The duck with rosemary looks good, but I just a salad. I'm not high maintenance. <laughs> but I asked for it. You know what I said? You know what I said? I said, and you listen to this because you're still single. I said, yep. I said, oh, you might not be. Okay, well, here's the move in case you need it. Oh, you are. Oh. Oh, we got to talk. Okay, Josh, you're saying I'll come all the way over there. Somebody needs help, and I'm going to bless them, whoever it is. Uh, you got, are you single? Here's my move. Yeah? All right, here's my move. I said, baby, get the duck. It might be the last first date of your life.
Yes, God. Yes, Lord. And why, why, am I, why am I bragging about my wife? Well, because I was not prepared to miss that connection because it was worth it. Best decision I ever made, short of not missing my connection with Jesus. That's the ultimate one. So here's the deal. I'm not going to read it. I'm just in Luke, Luke chapter 9, we read the story of a woman with the issue of blood. And she has suffered for 12 long years without any healing, without any hope, without any, any connection to anything that can change her from the broken and battered, ruined thing that she was back into who she could be. And she heard about a man named Jesus. And she, and she said, what's that roar? What's that roar? I can't hardly get up out of bed. What's that, what's that sound? And they said, oh, he's, he's that guy. He's coming, the Jesus guy. I said, he's coming. Is he coming here? And they said, no, baby, he's not coming here. That break my heart right there. Is he coming here to see me? Does he know about me? I said, no, baby, he's not coming in here. He's going the other way. I'm sorry. She said, well, that's not fair. It's not right. I, you know what? I'm going to make it my time. I'm going to make it my moment. I'm going to make it my connection. Get, uh, let me help me up out of here. And she crawls hands and knees. And she said, I am not going to miss this connection. I don't care what it seems like. I don't care what direction she, he's going. I don't care if he knows who I am. I don't know. He don't even have to talk to me. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment then I might be healed. And Jesus, walking by through the press and through the crowd, she reached out and he felt virtue go up out of his body and he said, faith just touched me. Somebody didn't miss their moment. And Jesus said, I know when somebody makes their connection with me. Yes. When somebody tears the roof off, when somebody fights through the crowd, let me tell you what, you came here today and it's not going to be all easy. You're going to have to fight through to touch Jesus. There are obstacles in your way and I know that. There are addictions that are maybe not even going to be broken in this moment. But it's never going to be easy. There will always be challenges. There will always be a barrier. There will always be a time challenge. But you don't have to miss Jesus. You don't have to miss your healing. You don't have to miss your encouragement. You don't have to miss another moment. He loves you. He loves you.